Welcome to Stories of Faith and Hope, the podcast that inspires your faith and gives you reason to hope. I'm your host, Joel Sutherland. Thank you so much for joining us again for part two of the incredible conversation from the archives with Dr. Jack Blanco. Uh, Pastor Schomburg and Dr. Henderson were interviewing him. This was a while ago, and we pulled it out of the archives to share with you because I thought that it's such an inspiring story. It, it couldn't stay hidden. So we're bringing it out, putting it on the podcast. If you missed last week's episode, go to faithandhoperadio.com. Go back in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google Play, wherever you're listening to this. Listen to last week's episode because you won't want to miss part one of this incredible story. Um, if you remember, Jack Blanco was just put back into a slave labor camp. He had turned himself into the into the police again, and so he's there once again. And so here we go, picking up the conversation where we left off last week. Uh, Pastor Schomburg, Dr. Henderson, and Jack Blanco, they talk a little bit about Zacchaeus and finish the incredible story of Dr. Jack Blanco. Here it is. <laughs> Well, the Bible story of Zacchaeus, it's found in Luke chapter 19, and I wonder, Dr. Henderson, if you will read the first five verses of that story. Soon Jesus reached Jericho. As he was passing through the town, a man named Zacchaeus, who was the chief tax collector in the area and quite rich, came out to see what Jesus looked like. But because he was so small and crowds of people surrounded Jesus, he couldn't see a thing. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree, hoping he could get a good look at Jesus, who was heading in that direction. When Jesus came to Zacchaeus, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down. I would like to go to your house to rest with you today. Jesus is coming through this large crowd, and he looks up and he sees this man in a tree. I heard a preacher say one time, who was a very short fella, and uh, they had to get a little platform to be able to get him up high enough to get into the microphone. And he made a comment about it. He said, I've always said that you have to measure a man from the neck up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. So rather than our looks, our talents, our abilities, or the height of a person, God measures us in different measurements. That's for sure. He measures us according to Calvary. For God so loved the world, all races, nationalities, color, language groups, regardless of what we look like on the outside, he loves us. Right. So I see Jesus looking at Zacchaeus the way he looks at every human being. And the invitation is, with your permission, I want to come to your house. I want to come to your home. I want to come into your heart and share some good news with you. Amen. Well, Dr. Henderson, do you remember when you were called or sensed the invitation of the Holy Spirit to give your heart to Jesus. Very vividly. And Elder Don Spellman was holding evangelistic meetings when I was nine years old. And at the end of those meetings, I was compelled by the Spirit to commit myself to the Lord. And so my younger brother, who was eight, we both were baptized at the end of those meetings. And that commitment has stayed with me all these years. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yes. All right, here, let's listen to a phone interview it was my privilege to have with Dr. Jack Blanco. 
survivor of Nazi labor camps during World War II. He has returned to the United States from Germany, and then, while in the Air Force, he gave his heart to the Lord and became a Christian. We were talking about how the Lord picked me up like Philip and then took me out to the, the field. Yes, and then you had to turn yourself back in, and that reminded me of the agony that your grandfather must have felt knowing that he's sending you back into a labor camp to turn yourself in. must have been similar to God's giving up Jesus to die for us. Oh, yes, sure. I mean, that's very similar, yes. But the Lord decided to step into the situation and save my life, for which I'm grateful. Oh, yeah. So back to Nuremberg. You went through another escape. Yeah, right. There were three of us that were able to escape. Myself and a Russian, and then another young man who was German, or at least his parents lived in Germany. Yeah, we were able to escape and get out of there, headed for home, so to speak. The Russian went in one direction. German young man, myself, went in another direction, and we finally made it to his home. His folks were so glad to see him, and then I was able to make myself back to my grandfather's farm, and oh, they were glad to see me. <laughs> and just after I got into town, here the Americans pulled in. Yeah. So I just made it back in time. Wow. Praise the Lord. Amen. Sure. In fact, as I got near my grandfather's farm, the village there, American tanks were pushing in. I was uh, making my way through some uh, woods. It was in at night, and all of a sudden I hear the word, halt! I look, oh my word, there was a German sentry. And he looked at me, and of course by this time I had shed my labor camp clothes, made sure that I had just my civilian clothes underneath. And in the dark I saw that there were German soldiers that were uh, all lying down and sleeping, and they were trying to get out of the way of the Allies pushing up into Germany. He said, I would suggest you stay off the road because as soon as it gets daylight, the American planes will come and strafe anything, shoot anything that moves on the road. Anyway, I made my way uh, to my grandfather's farm, as I said. And, and so sure enough, you know, when daylight came, yeah, I stayed off the road and stayed in the woods. And the American planes came and bop, 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 They shot anything that moved. Made it to my grandfather's farm just as it was getting dark. I need to tell you something else, Pastor, and that is another miracle. Of course, immediately I uh, went to the American allies and they said, you know, I'm an American. I was born in Chicago. I might get back home. And they said, well, show me your papers. Well, the Nazis had taken away all my papers. Oh, no. So I couldn't prove anything. And by that time, I hadn't spoken English for eight years. So I couldn't talk English. And they said, you're just a little German kid. Just go back to the farm. Well, I went back to the farm. And I think about a couple weeks later, the German mailman in this little village passing through stopped and delivered a letter. And the letter was from my mother in Chicago, in German, of course, and delivered it. She says, where have you been? I've been praying for you, and I contacted the Red Cross. I gave them donations to find you, and they can't find you, and where are you, and so on. And oh, my word, I was so glad to hear from my mother. Ah. So uh, I took the letter back to, you know, American authorities there, and they said, oh, where'd you get the letter? I said, well, the German mailman brought it. They said, the war isn't over. There is 
no private mail coming from America to Germany. Okay? Wow. So I said, use the letter. So I show them the letter, and they said, well, have a seat. Man, I sat there, I was two or three hours, and finally they called me and said, okay, we checked it out, and it is legitimate. So go back to the farm, and we'll call you, repatriate you, you know. So I did, and then about a month or so, they called me, and we were put in a camp to be repatriated, and then shipped back home, you know, on a troop transport. Well, by this time, I was almost 17 years old. When I got out of labor camp, I had weighed 85 pounds, and I was only 5 foot tall. And here I was 16, 17 years old. They shipped us from the camp to Bremenhofen. From there, we got on a troop transport and headed to the United States. Wow. And there I saw the Statue of Liberty. I tell you, I had chills from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Home free, home free, home free. You know, we don't know what freedom is until we don't have it. Yes, you're right. Anyway, praise the Lord. It didn't take me long, maybe about a year or more. I gained with about 50 pounds and I put on about six inches. <laughs> <laughs> that was 46. And then three years later, in 49, the Berlin airlift started. Tensions got so bad, the American government decided to start the draft. So uh, Uncle Sam came around and looked at me, and he said, Oh, yeah, where have you been? He pointed his finger at me. Yeah, we need you. <laughs> so I was in the military, and I was in the Air Force, and trained as a communication specialist sent overseas. I was stationed in the South Pacific during the Korean War, guiding the American planes into Korea. And some of your listeners, Pastor, might be interested. The communications was not like it is now. Communications with planes was through what they call the ticker tape. Tape coming out of the machine with five holes in it. Those five holes, the way they were arranged, indicated the code. The code was changed every day, and so we had to remember the configuration of the code every day. We worked eight hours on, eight hours off, went to work at eight o'clock in the morning, got off at four o'clock in the afternoon, and eight hours off, and then back to work at midnight. We were guiding the planes there in the Korea during the Korean War. Interesting. I was in the South Pacific, and I was stationed on the island of Guam. Okay. And that's where I found Christ. That's where I gave my heart to Christ. That's an interesting story in itself. Want me to share it? Sure. Okay. I enjoyed the military, and thought, well, I think I'll make the military my career. In fact, uh, before we were sent overseas, we were asked where we would like to go, in Germany or Europe or whatever, and I thought, oh, it would be nice to go back to Europe as an American soldier. They said, good, we'll send you to the South Pacific. <laughs> <laughs> it was there I wanted to make the military my career. But you know, there's one thing that my mother instilled in me when I was a kid. She used to call me Jackie. She looked me in the eye with all the love in her eyes, and she said, Jackie, never lose your sense of self-respect. I never forgot that. So I never got into the troubles, you know, that soldiers get into, and all the partying on the weekend, and I wanted nothing to do with that. So I didn't know what to do. My father, of course, had left me even before I was born, and I had nobody to model my life after. And I laid in my cot one night, my bunk, 
with a mosquito net around me. All the guys were gone, and it was quiet. I was thinking about, you know, what to do with my life. And all of a sudden, I heard this still, small voice, like a whisper. Pastor, I'm telling you the truth, the whole truth. It's not my imagination. I heard a very soft whisper. Ever thought of following Jesus? And I thought, wow, that would be an excellent idea. If I was walking by the Sea of Galilee and he said, Jack, come follow me, whoa, I would have followed him. And then I thought, well, now, wait a minute. This was 2,000 years ago. Oh, well. So I gave up the idea for a second. And then I heard this still, small whisper again. He's not dead. He's alive. You can follow him too. I had never thought about that. Okay, what is it like to follow Jesus? Well, the first thing you thought about, there's some habits I need to change. I couldn't imagine Jesus smoking cigarettes, so that ended that. Or I couldn't imagine him saying, Jack, come, let's go in the bar here and have a drink. So that ended that. How about talking with Jesus? What kind of language would he use? Oh, and so I cleaned up my language. And it was during this time that I felt the call to the ministry. That's another story. If I were listening to Today, you know, just turned on the radio and picked up this story, I would say, hey, God can speak to me too. Absolutely, sure. While we've listened to Dr. Blanco's story, let's go back to the call extended to Zacchaeus, where Jesus said, make haste, come down, for today I must stay at your house. Dr. Henderson, would you please read the next five verses in that story, Luke chapter 19, verses 6 through 10. Zacchaeus scrambled down the tree as fast as he could, and happily guided Jesus to his house. When the people saw the two of them walking together, and Jesus actually going to the tax collector's house, they were terribly upset with Jesus for associating with a man who made a living collecting taxes from them to support the Romans. Jesus began to talk with Zacchaeus about the kingdom of God. After listening, Zacchaeus suddenly spoke up, Lord, I promise to give half of everything I own to the poor. And if I've cheated anyone, I will pay that person back four times as much as I owe him. Then Jesus said to him, I can see that you have tasted the first fruits of salvation. You are a true son of Abraham. The Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. It just seems to flow better when you read it in the clear word paraphrase. The clear word paraphrase for our listeners was written by Dr. Jack Blanco out of a devotional experience that he had. Right. But we'll share a little more about that later on. Well, skeptics might question this story, doubting whether a tax collector actually climbed a tree. Skeptics could also question the still small voice of the Holy Spirit and the quickening of a conscience. But I'm thankful, and I can say honestly, that yes, there is a Holy Spirit, and yes, there is a conscience that he quickens, right? inviting us to once again surrender every day to the Lordship of Jesus. Well, dear listener, every day Jesus extends that invitation to you. Well, you've been listening to Pastor Lloyd Schomburg and Dr. Norman Henderson with the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Remember, God loves you. Until next time, have faith, dear friend, in God. Such an incredible ending to the story of Dr. Jack Blanco. It's such a powerful invitation. God can save you. 
he's extending the invitation to you. And I hope that you'll take him up on that offer, that you'll say, Father, I surrender. I surrender everything to you. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, That about wraps it up for this week's episode. Make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, um, so that you won't miss next week's episode, as well as the weeks following. You can go back and listen to old episodes on those platforms or on our website at faithandhoperadio.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Faith and Hope Radio. Hope you have a wonderful week. God bless you, and have faith and hope.